We here at Bulls in the Ring like to shoot you straight, and the same goes for when we are out hunting or at the range. However, weather, cost of ammunition, and range space can always make it difficult to perfect this skill. That's where iTarget comes in. From the comfort of your own home, yard, or anywhere you can safely practice firearm training, the iTarget Pro system uses a laser round that is safe to shoot from anywhere and is simple to use. Simply place your phone in the iTarget sled with the camera pointed at the shooting target. Make sure your weapon is safe and clear and drop the laser round into your weapon. Once you aim, slowly squeeze the trigger and the laser will project upon a target giving you an exact location of the spent round. The app will monitor the target for hits from the laser bullet and shows the hits on the iPhone's display showing you exactly where you shot the target. With the use of the laser round, no damage will come to your firearm from dry firing and will not be ejected from your firearm. Using this system will help you increase your focus, your mechanics, and give you a grouping that will get smaller and smaller the more you use it. The iTarget Pro system has multiple calibers including revolver and rifle rounds for all your firearm needs. The iTarget Pro app is available for both iOS and Android devices. Go to www.itarget.com for more details and use the code BULLS upon checkout for your 10% off your order. Also, for a limited time, iTarget Pro is offering free shipping in the United States. iTarget, the revolutionary force in firearm training. Yes. Um, as you can tell right now, Joe, say hi. Hello, everyone. You can tell we're not together. Unfortunately. Yes. It's been and a very busy week for, for the, the Bulls. First, what's that? A very busy week for the Bulls. Yes, yes. We had a. It was definitely an unusual week, and um, this episode will show it because we've done something we've never done before. Yes. It's like a groundbreaking uh, episode. We are. Uh, we're learning as we go on Bulls in the Ring. <laughs> yes. And we learned that we don't really need much to, to uh, broadcast. This. No, we were talking before this that a lot of podcasts, they have, like, you know, all this high-tech equipment and shit like that. And uh, Tom and I do this on a shoestring budget. Yes. <laughs> we find different yes. ways. We're actually in sandals. That's how shoestring Yeah. <laughs> I have no pants on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the most expensive thing about our podcast is this microphone. <laughs> well, I have my yeah, laptop, that, but. That could be it. Yeah. So, um, uh. So, I mean, let's get this started. We could talk about what happened. Uh, well, let's, at the end of last week's episode, me and you yes. uh, had a gentleman agreement, a gentleman bet, yes. I guess you call it, mm-hmm. about the Kentucky Derby. Yes. And uh, you gave your top three, and in that top three was, uh, what was what was the horse? Maximum Security. Maximum Security. You had him as the number three pick, and I had my three. It was uh, Country Home. Yes. Uh and uh, it's kind of funny because those are the yeah those are the two horses that were uh, were at the end there, and the bet was whoever won the loser had to buy a cigar. Yeah. So it turned out at first 
I owe Tom the cigar because Maximum Security won the Kentucky Derby. And then about an, an hour or two, or two later, he got disqualified and Country Home won. Yes. Um, I am kick, I'm kicking myself that I didn't put money on Country Home. He was 65 to 1 odds. 62. 62, sorry. Still, yeah. if I put 50 bucks on it, uh, I'd be a couple hundred bucks richer right now. Well, you know who did put a $2 bet on <laughs> Who? He, he's the man with the plan, the king. Oh, really? Yes, he, he put a $2 bet. He put a $2 bet down. <laughs> okay. And he won, like, I think, 130-some bucks, he said. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, you know, so, he, some guys have all the luck. The fucking guy wins two cars at a hockey game. He, <laughs> he wins 130 bucks on the Kentucky Derby. And look at us. We're doing a shoestring budget podcast. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a fucking guy. But he has to deal with the the, uh, the wall and keeping out White Walkers. Yeah, so. he he definitely does. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, we'll get to Game of Thrones later. Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot to say about that again. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so you owe me a cigar. Yes. Uh, so I, 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 got a, I got a few here that I, I, I got for you. Uh, okay, excellent. Excellent. I actually yes. was smoking a, uh, a Cuban uh, from... Uh, I guess I can't say who gave it to me because I know I'm getting upset. But uh, <laughs> I've been having that. It's the, so beautiful outside. Decided to kind of sit outside and do this tonight. I'm, I'm sitting in my mom's room because I'm watching uh, the uh, race and no one wants to watch it, so I get banished to my mother's room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of sports you watch, I'm very sorry to hear about your Islanders. Yes, they 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 look like shit. Yeah. I was I was extremely confident in them going into the uh, series, and they just uh, they did not have it. No, they. I mean, I watched the games, and it was kind of like uh, keep doing the same thing over and over, and they kept just getting destroyed. It was just it was it was bad play. Um, they they hurt themselves on a lot of the stuff that they were doing with it. So. Mm. I really, you know, I can't complain. They made it farther than anyone thought. Uh, so, that's good. The future looks bright. We got a lot of young guys, and we, by not giving uh, that snake bastard who's up in Toronto, who did exit in the first round, <laughs> we have a lot of money for the uh, salary cap. So, I'm, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too concerned wow. about the future. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you're, um, I'm glad you have, high, I'm glad you have high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, other shit's going on. There was that Met Gala this week, yeah, with all the celebrities and or wannabe celebrities and their incredibly stupid fucking outfits they wore. Yes, I, the, the, these people are. Uh, they talk about how you know, let's give everybody everything and everyone should be included, and they they wear the most ridiculous, you know, garments out there. And probably cost how many thousands of dollars each for it. Right. It, they're going to wear it one time in their life. And these people are going to get on and preach to me about, you know, we need to, you know, help the, you know, the asylum seekers and all this other fucking shenanigans. So I, did, I just, I, I like, can't put my head around it how these people are so hypocritical. I was watching uh, one video um this uh, girl is an actress, uh, Nina Dobrev. She was on that vampire show on CW, and she's worn wearing this outfit. They had to like pretty much tape this thing on her, and she couldn't sit down. 
And to me, yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Why? Like, what's... I don't understand. Like, I mean, is it that big of a deal to make that kind of an impact with these clothes? It's just fucking stupid. I'm telling you right now, if I... If, if this podcast ever takes <laughs> off and we become rich and famous because of it... Um, well... I am going to buy one tuxedo, and I'm going to wear that to everything. <laughs> Weddings, you know. Don't you already? Gala, everything. I'm just going to wear one tux for the rest of my life. But don't you already have one suit you wear for everything? No, no, I outgrew that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually tried to wear that last week to the uh, the trip to Michigan, and that was not happening. Oh, what'd you wear then? Yeah. I, I had to put on uh, khakis and I had, I had a dress shirt. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hate buying suits. I have one suit, honestly. Uh, it still fits. Um, but uh, about like 10 years ago, I was like kind of like going, I lost some weight, so I bought other suits. <laughs> so I have like three suits, two of which, of which do not fit me anymore because <laughs> I gained yeah. a lot of that weight back. <laughs> so. Well, that's the worst part. That's marriage, when people. I bought, when I bought the suit, it was big on me. Yeah. I had it tailored in, and now it doesn't fit. Oh, shit. Yeah. But I'm, I'm in a very bad predicament because I am, for, like, regular size guys, I'm at the biggest size you can get. But then I'm at the big and tall. I'm at the smallest size you can get. I'm, like, I'm in, like, no man's land of suits. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fucked on that end so it, it, it's hard for me to find a good suit to wear yeah but if i ever like level out with my you know weight i would probably go to like the city to like some like old italian guy to like you know have me stand on that thing for like two hours and measure mm-hmm. me out like to the precise measurement i've been considering doing that for a while i know um mr x told me about a, a suit he got and it, he, he got a suit that just it was tailor-made for him he went to one of those guys he got it fitted for him and he says, like, this is, like, the best suit I ever wore. It just fits me completely. And, yes. uh, you know, I'm sure you spend a good bit of money because you have to for a suit like that. But to me, I think that's worth it because, you, you I mean, it's just so comfortable. You don't have to worry about, like, like my shoulders are very broad. So, like, for me, it's almost like the suit just kind of, like, hangs down. You know well, what I mean? I'm, I'm the same way, but my arms are so long. Yeah. Like, I got, like, knuckle draggers. Right. That, like, the jacket <laughs> comes halfway up my forearm. Mm-hmm. And I don't like wearing long sleeve shirts. Shirts when I'm uh, and it looks like ridiculous right. on me. So oh. I have a tough go about with it. I hear you. Well, one place we don't have to wear a suit to is uh, any XFL games coming up next year. No, we will not. Maybe <laughs> uh, a snowsuit. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, they just signed a deal this week, a big deal actually. I guess it's it, they pretty much signed with Disney, the mega power known as Disney. Um, they're going to be broadcast on ABC, um, ESPN, Fox, ESPN two, yes. Fox Sports one, and Fox Sports two. I mean, they pretty much just any sports. Um, any sports channel pretty much has them, and it, that's it's huge. That's a huge deal. Better than what the AAF did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you're getting it on a broad uh, thing of channels. The commercials on those are already huge. Yeah. You know, commercial deals and things like that. So they they may have something going on here, and hopefully it does last a little bit longer than the first time. Yeah, uh, AAF. Oh yeah. 
I gotta tell you, the, the Ebersols are probably kicking themselves they didn't hop on in this because, I mean, look what happened with them, and now look at this. He's going about it a smart way this time instead of like last time where I feel like they kind of rushed into it. Like they're taking their time with this. They're, uh, I think I, I have a feeling it's going to last at least two seasons. <laughs> if anything, what they really need to do is, again, distance themselves from being sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. Make it a legit league and try to be a feeder league. Like get representation from these pro teams to... You know, have it as, you know, this is the, you know, the Steelers affiliate. This is the Giants affiliate. Like, yeah, well, AFL, the AFL, uh, yeah, I can't even say that. What is it? We'll call it American Football. The American Football yeah. League, they did do that in a way. They had affiliates, but um, that whole thing with the Players Association pretty much fucked them. Um, yeah. So I don't know how XFL is going to go about this. I don't know. They're definitely not, they're definitely trying to make it separate from wrestling. Which is good, um, but you're right. I think they kind of need to be as a feeder league. The only thing is, I don't think the NFL wants to invest in something that failed the first time, and now they're doing it. You know, they're doing it again. So I think they might want to wait it out to see if it's any if there's any success with it. That's just me. That's just my opinion. I don't know, but I don't know. Now, I can't remember. I know that. Um... Like, Bill Pullian, I think, had a, uh, a role with one of these leagues. I don't know if it was the uh, American, you know, AAF or if it is with the uh, XFL. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he does have close ties to, you know, a lot of the, man, uh, you know, owners and GMs and things like that. So, I mean, it's, especially in business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, absolutely. So, and being that, that a... could, if, if he is with the XFL, that could that could help them. Yeah, I, I believe so. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, well, I guess we'll see. I- I'm very excited for it. I can't wait. Yes, and uh, you had something exciting happen. To I you this, sure uh... did. <laughs> as I mentioned, la- as as I mentioned last week, I uh, had a night with Egan. We went to the Yankee Seattle Mariner game on Tuesday night. It was fantastic. Oh well, well, and of course, with anything with Egan, there's always a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of things going on. Um, I am going to give you a play-by-play through text message. Okay. What went on? I told her since uh, Monday night that the game starts at 6.35 and to please get there on time. Yes. Okay. Because we all know Egan's late to pretty much fucking anything. So she said she was going to get the 3.30 bus out of um, uh, Willowbrook Mall. Get to Manhattan, and she's like, I don't know what to do from there. So I told her, I'm like, all right, you got to go to 6th and 41st, because I'm looking this up on the map, and take the subway, the D train or the B train, to Yankee Stadium. But then I'm thinking, she'll, I remember the time, and me and you went, came from Coney Island, and we got on the wrong fucking subway, and we ended up in, like, Brooklyn, or uh, uh, Queens, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, make sure you're taking it the right way. <laughs> so, she gets, she... Caught the bus at 3.30. And, uh... So far, so good. Then. So far, so good. Okay. And then she says, please pick me up some candy. So I'm like, what do you need fucking candy for? She goes, I just need... I need something <laughs> to, to keep me from eating uh, Yankee Stadium food. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, whatever. I didn't get candy her any... is the better option of the two. Yeah, I didn't get her any fucking candy. 
<laughs> so let me see. So I told her, I'm like, you, she goes, I got here, but the guy said there's traffic. And I said, well, you better find a way around that traffic. <laughs> I said, 635 and no Egan equals Joe leaves. She goes, there's going to be a 635. Stop it. So Now, did you have the ticket yet? No. She has the tickets. Okay, so you are in a pickle here. Pretty much. So I go to I go to Stan's Bar, which is a bar. It's right down the street from Yankee Stadium. It's a famous bar. A lot of people go to. Um, and uh, so I text him like I'm here. Miller Lights were eight bucks, by the way. It's a fucking rip off. But they're passing around free shots of Jack, uh, free shots of Jameson. Sorry. So I took so I took that. Uh, so anyway, at four fifty, I go. Did you get to the subway? Okay. This is the message I got. I'm scared. I'm so lost. <laughs> So I'm like, take a taxi to where I fucking told you. <laughs> I'm at 41 and 7. I'm like, all right, good. You're almost there. Uh, 20 minutes later, I'm lost. The cop gave me wrong directions. <laughs> so I'm like, Egan, use your GPS on your phone to get you there. And I got back with all caps, I am. <laughs> So she's like, I'm taking two Xanax when I get off the bus. I'm like, don't fucking do that, all right? I'm not dealing with this shit. Um, in a miracle, a miracle, Egan got there at 540. I, I, I'm, I'm in disbelief. It happened. Um, yeah, she she made it. We, uh... Egan came through big time. She uh, she got field level seats, first row. I mean, they were in, and it was like home run territory, like in the left field. Um, but one funny thing is, we get there and as we're walking, this guy approaches. He goes, "Where are your guys' seats?" So Egan's like, "Oh, somewhere down here. I'm not sure." <laughs> so you can sit on my lap. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, if you guys, I got ticket. It's for free. You guys can sit in the judges' chamber for the thing for Aaron's judge." So I was like, ah, I'm like, nah, it's all right. Like, he's hurt. Like, they're not going to show us on TV or anything. So I, we passed that. But uh, it was good seats. She got us good seats. Um, she came through. Other than that, nothing really happened. There was a rain delay, um, which <laughs> the game should have been over at 930. Instead, it was over pretty late. Uh, the rain delay was, like, for about an hour. Um, and they were losing 4-1. to one. In the bottom of the eighth, and it, at this point it was ten thirty, and she's like, "I got to get my bus because I, I got to get my subway back to the Manhattan because I got to catch the bus at eleven thirty. So I'm like, "All right, it's no problem. I got work tomorrow, so I gotta, I gotta skedaddle anyway." Uh, Yankees ended up coming back and winning in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So we missed all that craziness, but I gotta say it was actually. Uh, <laughs> she got there on time. We had a good time. It was a pretty enjoyable night with Egan. Uh, I thought I had a better, funnier story to tell. Like she got lost and we missed half the game, but it all worked out in unegan fashion. No, that's what it's. It's more of a shocking story that she actually was there on time. It it really is. It really. I'm, I was very proud of her. Now it just proves the point that she can be on time places if she puts her mind to it, and if you harass her enough. So if anyone out you know, there, go, go ahead. You know she left at uh, she left at like five forty-five in the morning. Oh, I'm sure she did. <laughs> but anyone out there who has plans with Egan, text her every fucking half hour, and she will be there on time because she won't want to hear it. That is 
Yeah. So, uh... Well, while you were at the game... Yes. I actually had my own adventure. You did? Yes. Um, this is something that I was really excited about. When I finally got to uh, set up the date, we ended up finding out that you were unable to attend. Right. But we, um... We were able to interview. He, uh... You're gonna hear... It's, it was a pre... I guess you, we could say now it's a... Pre-recorded, pre-recorded yeah, yeah. And I got to interview um, Jim Shockey, world-renowned hunter, uh, TV show host, just an all-around great guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess right now we will uh, we'll present you the uh, exclusive one-on-one interview with Jim Shockey. All right, take it away. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, right now, I'm extremely excited to be having. A uh, guy that I've looked up to. I've watched many of his shows on TV. Um, I follow him on social media. He's a great guy, a environmentalist, a conservative. Um, he is Jim Shockey. Welcome, Jim. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I, I don't know if I can live up to all that, especially the great guy part, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Well, like I said, I... I look up to you i um as i've said on the show in the past i am a hunter um i've probably taken one millionth of what you have <laughs> um like i said you've grown up in this um you are from canada originally yep, born and raised uh saskatchewan canada Le- left when i was 17 to go to university okay um from there as I was reading up on you, we, uh, it's kind of unusual with you being from Canada, you would think you'd be on top of the water, but you actually made a name for yourself as a swimmer and then a water poloist. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was an all-American swimmer back in college, uh, way back when, and then switched over to water polo and, uh, then spent to the next six years on the Canadian national water polo team, traveling all over the world, you know, playing that fantastic sport a lot better than swimming i might add <laughs> now when you swam were you a, a, a sprinter or distance I, when i was younger i wasn't quite as smart so I, I was uh doing individual medley i'd do all the different uh, strokes but uh right up to 400 individual medley which was brutal oh yeah uh, later later on i got really smart when i was in university and uh became a sprinter just 50 yards or 50 meters you know in out done it you know 23 seconds kind of thing yeah i, I was a distance swimmer so <laughs> i wasn't smart <laughs> still there yes yes sorry, sorry about that no no problem if there's a little bit of background noise it's because we're uh, out here holding the prawn traps uh, on the west coast of british columbia and i've got my uh grandson here flynn jets he, he's in the boat so He's, uh, he gets excited when the contracts come up. So, for you, your experience in, in your career has always been a family-type issue, um, and your father was quite a, uh, an accomplished person in his own right. If you want to uh, maybe speak about him. <laughs> sure, yeah. He, my dad was, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people think what, you know, we, we had a lot of money, I guess. I don't know. I, I hear that quite often, you know, you born with money but in fact I lived in a trailer park and a trailer for the first six years of my life uh, my dad was a road construction 
worker and, and would just go along with the, the crew wherever they were all summer. And, and, you know, later on he became superintendent of, uh, you know, of the crew or foreman and superintendent. So he, he didn't get as much time to hunt as he would have liked. But uh, once, once he retired at 66, he, he then got to hunt a lot because at that point I already had my opening territory and I hired dad the day he retired from the road construction crew and uh, he, he, I was so fortunate to be able to spend the next 20 years traveling with him and, and taking him to places that he never ever got a chance to when he was working on the road crew. So, so he's, uh, but he, he absolutely was my hero. He, he um, got me into hunting. I mean, if we, if dad and my uncles didn't get, you know, their moose every fall, we, we didn't eat meat. There was no, you know, I didn't go buy a cow anyway. You're, you know, it was macaroni and cheese for the winter. So, so hunting was a was a pretty important part of our our life, uh, but only only because of, of the meat. You know, not, not certainly not the trophies. As everybody has seen on the TV show, Dad, world's record, whatever, would walk right by him. He wouldn't care less unless it was as fat as the, the yearling doe that was just around the corner. So, so it was, he was a meat hunter through and through. Excellent. I mean, so it's kind of amazing that as he retired and he was going into, you know, the second chapter of his life, you gave him a whole exciting story that he was able to, to really do. And it's kind of unique that a, yeah, a son would... I was very, very fortunate. I'm very blessed. Uh, it was actually pretty funny. Near the end of his career, uh, or end of his life, actually, we had him at some of the conventions. And there'd be a lineup, literally a block long, for people to come and meet him. And... Uh, He'd have red kiss marks all over his face from ladies. You know, he he loved it, and uh, I remember walking back to his room one night, or you know, he trudging along, and he looks at me and says, "You know, being famous affects some people, it changes them, but hasn't changed me a bit." <laughs> that was it. I said, Dad, "Just by you saying that you're famous has changed you." Yeah. It was, uh, I was very, very, very fortunate to be able to spend the time I did uh, for the last 20 years of my dad's life together you know quality time out out hunting there's no no better no better way to spend quality time together with family member excellent um you are part of the uh, canadian armed forces would you like to tell us about your career in that well we, yeah, i actually just my my um commission my my tour of duty was just up in uh, uh about a month ago so i well, in Canada, we, we follow the British system, so, so you can actually have a, a um, rank bestowed upon you. It takes a pretty serious, uh, pretty serious bunch of work from Parliament, and it has to be approved by our Minister of Defence and, and signed off on, uh, I, I, I believe, the Queen. I'm not sure about that, but anyway, it's called an honorary lieutenant. Uh, we, you know, or lieutenant colonelship, we call it up here. So, so you have the same rank and the same uh, authority as a, as a lieutenant colonel, but but you have to defer to him in a field of battle. So, so it's a, it's it's. I, you know, I'd like to say that I earned it, but in fact, it was bestowed upon me by our, our uh, armed forces. And it, it's a, a three-year term, and if you do a good job, they give you another three years. And and it's it's a way for some of us to serve a country that didn't come up to the ranks and, and you know there's not been a lot of there's probably 200 in the canadian armed forces altogether these honoraries uh, uh and it's, it's quite an it is honestly quite an honor because the 
the troops select you. It's not a, you know, like I say, you don't you don't go up to the rank. So, so anybody that like I, I in no way am trying to say that I work like the, the fine men and women of our armed forces to get to their rank. Uh, you know, it was it was bestowed upon me, and I did my best. I mean, it's it's you do your best for your for your country, and that's that's I guess the one way I could serve. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to serve, even in that capacity. I I we can both say that you know, with you being from your country and me being here in America, we can both say you know, thank God for our troops. God bless them. Let them stay safe. We always like to uh, advocate that here on the show. And I'm sure you feel the exact same way. Exactly. Yeah. We we and and you know, we we all do our best to to thank them and, and to show thanks. But even doing that, it's never enough. I mean, you, you do your best, you do what you can, but it's never enough. They're they're the ones that are out there. You know, they're the ones protecting our our way of life. I mean, goodness sakes, it's uh, like I say, you can never thank them enough. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the the meat and potatoes, if you will, of what you uh, are known for, and that is um, hunting. I got a few questions about it. What would be? I'd like to think that I was known for, uh, hopefully, by our grandchildren being a great big baba, but uh, but I guess career wise, hunting it is. Well, we'll we'll get into them because I I I would like to congratulate and do a few things on that, Um, and we'll get to that. Um, what would be, if you will, your favorite hunting trip? If you had to pick one out of the time that you were out there, what would be one of the best ones that you've had? Uh, you mean in terms of hunting? Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of a similar question to, you know, is there a favorite hunt? Is there a favorite memory of hunting? <clears throat> there's, there's no doubt for me personally the the – the greatest moments I've had out in the, the wildlands have been with family and, and dear friends. You know, I mean, I I can remember my dad's last deer hunt like it was yesterday. When I was right there, and Eva was with us. It was uh, it was fantastic. Just, I mean, a memory that I will never ever forget. And, and uh, you know, Eva's first deer, our son's Granlin's first deer, first bear. Those are the those are the memories that, that mean the most to me by far. I, and, and I guess in a way, I'm kind of like my father. I don't care if a world record would ever walk by me. Uh, if it meant missing a hunt with one of my family members, I, I just wouldn't be interested. It wouldn't mean anything. It, uh, it's far, far more important, I think, family, um, you know, for, for all hunters. I mean, yeah, we get caught up in, in trying to get the biggest this, biggest that, but... But ultimately, in the end, it was, you know, the essence of hunting was to provide for our family first and our, our band second, our tribe third, our, you know, I guess our, our culture, our civilization, our country, you know, you know fourth, fifth, sixth. So it was, you know, it, it really, break it down, it's about family. And that, that's still, to me, the most important and most memorable of all my hunts. That... That sounds like the perfect answer. I mean, that that is right from the heart. That that is you nailed it. Um, <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's going to tell the truth. You never have to worry about trying to remember what you said last time. It's it's the truth. Oh, absolutely. It genuinely, is the truth. 
Now, my friends like to, uh, they always bring this up. We went on a guy's weekend one weekend. We went up to a, a hunt or a camp. I brought um, some venison wrap steaks, and these guys sat there and said it was like the best steak they ever had. They loved it. They, they were like floored by it. None of them are really uh, hunters. They're not outdoorsy guys. So this was kind of their first endeavor into it. What would be your favorite dish from what you do with hunting? What, what would be your favorite uh, meat and or fish, if it's, if it's fish, and what, what's the best way you like eating it? Uh, you're, you're, now you're talking about about fish or wild game. Well, wild game or fish. If you if you like fish, say better than something. It's your it's uh, whatever you like. What is your favorite? Well, we actually eat uh, a lot more fish than than we do meat. You know, in our family, believe it or not, uh, that's what I'm doing right now. As I said, we're pulling prawn traps and crab traps. So you know, prawns and crabs, octopus. We caught a nice octopus today, actually. Those are all you know, favorites of our family. Uh, but it, it, for meat, our staple is, is moose. I, I grew up on moose. We eat a lot of, uh, you know, caribou as well to augment that deer. But, but moose is really the staple. I, I think of, I mean, I couldn't imagine not eating moose for, I mean, <laughs> it, would, it would be a, a sad winter to have to wait till the following year to get, get uh, a moose. But, uh, you know, there is some wild game meat around the world that is absolutely unbelievable. The uh, the uh, paca down in Central America and and down in uh, in South America is it's a rodent. Actually, it's the second largest of the of the sort of Central American rodents. Uh, the, and South America, the capybara is the largest, or the roan choco, or the carpinchi. They're called different languages. Whether you're Brazil or Argentina or Peru, but the paca is fantastic. It's a little spotted rodent, a nocturnal animal. Uh, also, the brush-tailed porcupine over in Africa, West Africa, the jungles, fantastic. One of the finest eating meats that I've ever ever had. You know, now that all said, when you're up on a sheep hunt and you've been eating freeze-dried food for <laughs> days, and you, you get a sheep, uh, there's you know, Every sheep hunter in the world would argue that that is the best meat you could possibly have. Get down to Timberline and make a fire and cook the ribs up. Oh, my goodness. It, it's fantastic. But it, but it never seems to quite taste as good once you get the meat home. I'm not sure why, but uh, like I say, possibly because you're starving when you when you do get the sheep usually. So th- those are my favorites. But, you know, Axis deer, fallow deer, Asian deer, they're really, really fine, fine eating wild game animals. I could I could definitely see where you're coming from. My my father was actually a uh, a butcher. That was his profession. Um and he would teach he taught me and my cousin how to uh break down a deer and while we were doing it in his onion barn, we were, you know, my family are farmers, we'd be in the onion barn cutting it up and there'd be a grill right there and I mean literally right off the bone, fresh delicious meat. So I I could definitely see what you mean by that. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, and there, there's some crazy exotic meats, well, not that brush-tailed porcupine and pack isn't, but, you know, whale, the narwhale, whale, uh, bowhead whale, fantastic. Uh, those are those are uh, unbelievably good if you're, you know, muck-tuck or muck-tack, uh, depending on which whale it is. Uh, you know, I mean, there's no, I, I don't know any bad wild game 
anywhere around the world. I, re- I really honestly don't. There's bad, there's bad preparation of the wild game, which uh, a lot of people blame the wild game animal, but that's just uh, improper, improperly preparing it. But wild game is, uh, any of it is, is far better than anything else out there. And, and by the way, you'll notice I left elk off that whole list. That's because I'm such a crappy elk hunter that... <laughs> <laughs> Usually when I go after elk, I go home with uh, with no meat for the freezer. So, but I, I understand elk is also awesome. Yes, I've actually had elk up in. It was actually in Toronto, and it was fantastic. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Now, you've made this kind of a family business. Your daughter is been in uh, on TV with you. How how's that experience being able to bring them into the loop and make them as recognizable as you. He <laughs> uh, would argue that she's twice as recognizable as me, actually. <laughs> uh, which, if you go on her social media following, is probably true. Um, she does have a uh, large following. Yeah, a huge following. Yeah, she's, she's done really well. Great ambassador, great spokesperson for all of us. Represents hunters and hunting well. Uh, and and it, it's, it's uh, I mean, it, anyone that's got children knows the joy of having those children grow up and, and, and you know, partner up with you on, on a career that you've loved and a lifestyle that you believe in. To have them then embrace that is, uh, I, I don't know that there's much greater reward other than, of course, seeing them have, you know, great marriages and great spouses, soulmates, and, and then children of their own. I mean, of course, that even is better, but... Uh, but it, it, it's been, again, I've been blessed. They, they, uh, they chose that we never ever directed our children into this industry or into the hunting side of it, you know, outdoor side of it. They, they chose. And, and even when she came home after university in Australia, said that, you know, actually it was after uh, working in other fields as well. And she, she was a, a competition salsa dancer at the time. And she came and said, you know, the, and all the other, businesses that she you know dabbled in the people in the hunting industry were just so nice and that's that is why she wanted to get into it she, and she also said that her and I you know I was old enough now that I could be friends with her <laughs> wait a minute you know uh, she said she wanted to go hunting when she came back she was 21 years old and I said you haven't talked to me since you're 14 years old <laughs> you want to now you want to suddenly hunt and she said yeah we're you're, you're old enough that we can be friends. So it's like, eh. So, uh, but it didn't take me very long to set up a hunt. Uh, our son, Bramlin, he's behind the scenes, so you don't see him as much in front of the camera, obviously, but uh, also extremely proud of him. He, he's set the standard for outdoor industry television and, and set the bar, uh, thankfully, so high. I mean, everybody strives to emulate his productions and, and production values. And that, you know, he's done amazingly well in the industry as well for for hunting and for hunters uh, again behind the scenes he's like louise my my wife not nearly and not even remotely interested in being in front of the camera unlike even i i guess are have to be the class clowns but but uh, they, they do it's, it's fantastic having both our children involved in the business and essentially we could see another generation in there with uh your grandchildren and and the family keeps growing so i mean 
seeing them on uh, Eva's page, I mean, I will admit your your, your uh, granddaughter is adorable. Uh, you know, seeing her, you know, with the the um, deer backpack and all that, I was just like, I wish my daughters were that way. They they want nothing to do with it. I I want to I want to have like Eva over to sit there and put an influence on my kids because she's I I feel she is ra- raising uh, Lenny Bo the right way. I think so. I mean, uh, you know, you're allowed to brag about your children and and your spouse. And I, I, Louise and I are extremely proud of both of our children and and their spouses, their soulmates, how they're raising their children. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's we're proud. I mean, they, it's it's uh, I guess Louise calls it the harvest time of our life when when we can sit back and harvest these beautiful memories and uh, our beautiful experiences now so it's, it's uh, <laughs> that was Flynn in the background by the way <laughs> so, no it, 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 it's fantastic having them involved in, or involved in, and looking forward to uh, really a fourth generation of of our our clan being involved in in hunting like like we have it that'll, that'll be it with dad dad and the grandchildren holy smokes even brand yeah four generations all together yeah, I mean that that that's certainly a blessing right there to, you know, have the success that you've had and it just it keeps going. It's it's like a family business that just keeps getting passed down generation to generation. So I mean, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. And, you know, it's funny. It's not. I mean, it's a business, sure, but but it's not. We don't look at it like that. We look at it as a it's a lifestyle. And if you live this lifestyle, and your family lives a lifestyle, then then you. It, there's no other way it could be. It just continues, and, it, and you know, people that think that hunting is going away and hunters are going away, they're they're truly naive about about the I guess genetic makeup of of hunters and 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 their families. I mean, it, it's in our blood. It's who, who we are. It's, it's what we do. There's no there's no getting away from it. There'll never be any denying it, and and we'll always be here. But thank goodness we're the stewards of the wildlife nowadays. The only stewards in a lot of cases. Oh, absolutely. Now, a few. It would. I'm assuming a few months ago you released a uh, quite a catchy music video. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was "Howl with Me." Uh, yes. It was a blues, blues tune that I wrote and performed. We uh, released it. It actually went to number one on the iTunes blues charts. It beat out Eddie James and the Blues Brothers and went to the top of the blues charts for, for a week. And I will admit, the lyrics of it are perfect. It's pretty much the way I believe we should be. And like I said, I, I thought it was a great, great song. So, Well, thank you very much. You know, obviously, there's quite a few people thought it was a pretty good song. I, uh, just for the record, I've got another one that we're putting the music video together right now. It'll be out in uh, probably about a month, I'd say. Excellent. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it may be even more politically incorrect. I, I mean, I, I get so tired of of you know being pushed around by people that think that we have to think like them, and, and you know we all don't. It's really strange that the people that that say they're the most tolerant are actually the most intolerant. It's a, it's a sad statement of, of today's world, or, you know, at least our world, because it's not like that around the world. It's just 
literally we have a luxury problems that people when you start worrying about you know words that you're not allowed to say and, and you're not allowed to you know think or feel or you know you don't know whether you're a boy or a girl or 72 other different variations of that i mean i, I get it it's uh it's uh you know it's, it's a real thing in, in certain circles but for a lot of us it's you know, still life as usual nothing's changed so so like i say the next one will be maybe a little bit even more politically incorrect uh we'll see when it comes out if it, if it gets the number one of the charts again beautiful like i said this if you listen to this show i am definitely not a pc at all i kind of say how i what's on my mind and that's what i love about you um and I, really what you said there these are people that want you to be individuals but if you go against what they think then you're wrong they're, they're pretty much hypocritical on everything that they think so i'm glad that we uh we're pretty much on par with uh our ideologies on that yeah uh, you know what most of us are that you know just because you're loud certainly does not make you a majority and that that's uh you know, that, that's a fallacy that they, the people that think like that, you know, they, they actually are convinced. They, they keep talking to themselves and believing the rest of us, like I say, think the same way. We don't. I mean, we don't. They're, they're, you know, most of us are, are really pretty basic people with you know, basic common sense that, that uh, we, we adhere to. We just don't go through those protests and bump people on the head with... with placards, you know, saying, think like me, think like me. We don't do that. We just get and say, okay, well, that's fine. You know, here's a, here's a period of time when, you know, maybe the government or, you know, somebody that's overseeing what we're doing doesn't think the same way I do. There's no big deal. That's, that's just, that's perfect. I mean, we're meant to, to have diversity in, in not only biology, but also in, in thought. Why not? I mean, so it's a, like I say, the people that Espouse tolerance are actually the least tolerant, and the ones that are supposed to be the conservative side. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm seeing those people as being far more tolerant than than the others, and it's it's uh, kind of a bizarre twist. It's almost like the left has become the right, you know, from the from the 1950s. It's, but I mean, you know, it'll take. It'll take all of us working together, and, and we'll come back. It's still the greatest country, Canada, the states to live in in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I've traveled to most of them. So it's, we're still very, very fortunate, in spite of the PC police looking over her shoulder all the time. No, absolutely. Um, we've pretty much gotten to the end of my questions. The one thing I did want to say was, um, if you are hungry... Go on to your um, stories, onto Eva's um, stories, Instagram. You will, your mouth will be watering. Um, you're saying that you're out uh, doing some uh, prawn um, baiting there, and yeah, well, yeah, we just pulled up the traps. We cut as, as we're doing this uh, interview right now. We actually pulled up, uh, you know, not quite our limit, but certainly, uh, you know, a couple hundred big giant prawns and octopus and, and crabs so we're uh, we've got two more crab tracks to pull and then we'll or crab traps and then we'll be heading in for, for to eat like kings for the rest of the evening oh it, it if you see 
for everyone out there listening, if you see these uh, photos and everything on, on social media, you will be salivating. It's, and it's amazing how big you know, these prawns are. The, the, just the the bounty of it, if you will. So, um, if you want to give us your social media, so everyone who isn't following you can start following you now. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can't miss me. I guess I'm the real Jim Shockey. Uh, the uh, and also on Twitter, Eva as well as on social media. Our son Bramlin, he's he's on, and and all all three of those platforms were. Uh, you know, we we try and keep it keep people. Uh, I guess keep the interesting stories and photos coming every day, and and some are you know there, there's lots to say in our world, you know, our hunting world, and, and so don't be afraid or don't don't be surprised if you get some some opinions from me when I'm if you're following me because I'm not afraid to actually voice my opinion. And that that's what we love. That like I said. That is a, it's a great thing the way you uh, let it be. You don't sit there and, and hold back, and rightfully so. You know, you're, you're defending what a lot of people attack, and it's just not right, and people don't understand that. They don't understand that hunting helps. So, like I said, what you're doing is really, really important for, you know, wildlife in general. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, people might not like the message or the messenger, but it's the reality, and, and if we don't get together on this pretty soon, we're gonna we're gonna be, you know, the wildlife are gonna be in way deeper trouble than they already are. So it, it's a we just we just have to band together. We have to we have to tell the story, you know, the narrative that's out there, and, and even if people don't like to hear it, it's the truth, and and. Uh, all of us as hunters have a responsibility, and outdoors people, fishermen, we've, we've got a responsibility to educate as many of the non-hunting, non-fishing, non-outdoors public, which is essentially everybody in the urban centers nowadays, uh, about the dire straits the wildlife in. So, you know, we we have to we have to do something, every one of us, to to educate the people that don't understand what's going on out there. You are one hundred percent correct. All right, sir, I will let you go back to your family because pretty much out of this, um, for people who didn't or maybe just saw the name and just put it in as a hunter, yes, he is a hunter, but the main thing I got from this is that you really love your family. You love the fact that you're able to do what you do with them, and it's been successful for you, and you keep the line going, if you will. So, like I said, the main thing about uh, Jim Shockey here is he is a family man. He loves his country, and... Like I said, just an all-around great guy. So I appreciate you coming on our show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank, thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. Uh, you may have lost him. If not, that was Jim oh, Shot. Yep. Oh, there he is. Yep. All right, sir. I, again, I appreciate it. And uh, for anyone who is out there, make sure you follow him on all social media platforms. And... We will uh, we'll be signing off with this interview. Thank you very much, Jim. My pleasure. You betcha. Have a good day. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. All right, that was some interview, man. Good job. I, I try. We, I could tell you were a little bit nervous because I wasn't there. Oh, no, I'm telling you. I, I actually, before the interview started, when we were just kind of getting uh, into game mode there, Yeah. I said to him, I'm like, I am extremely nervous. <laughs> like, and it's funny because... 
I was I was at work and I was I was standing around and I got the uh, email from his uh, I guess agent PR person whatever you want to call them yeah and I got like I got like kind of like shaky about it because I, I was I was really nervous about it that that was out of all the interviews I don't know why I that one like threw me completely off guard like I was I was extremely nervous because this is a guy that I've watched on TV yeah and. You know, I follow him on social media. I follow uh, his daughter Eva on social media, mm-hmm. and it just re- it really it really kind of like I was I was, if you will, starstruck about it because even though it was a phone interview, it was still like it was very nerve wracking. Oh, I, I understand. I think with all our interviews, like there's that I get the butterflies in my stomach because yeah. even though you're not face to face with these people, you are talking to them, and they're people like you, pretty much are a click away on Google, and you could see pretty much their whole lives. So. They are celebrities, um, yes. so it is it is nerve wracking. Um, but I think you did a good job. I mean, I could tell you were a little nervous. I thought it was because I wasn't there and for moral support, but apparently that wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, well, good job nonetheless. Yes. Uh, he great interview, uh, Jim. Thanks for joining us or joining yes. Tom, I should say. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go on. Uh, speaking of uh, celebrities. On the other end of the spectrum, yeah, um, Alyssa Milano and Amy Schumer are taking a stand against Wendy's for not so much. It started with a tweet from Chance the Rapper, who wanted yes. to, who wanted Wendy's to bring back their spicy chicken nuggets. Now I didn't know these things went away. Did you? Because I'm not a big Wendy's guy. But I have had them. They're excellent. I didn't know that they went away, but I have had them, and they are pretty good. They're they're fucking great. And I, like I said, I'm yeah. not a Wendy's guy. I'm more of a Mickey D's kind of guy. But uh, I have had Wendy's chicken nuggets, and they are they're pretty top notch. Um, so from there, uh, I think Amy Schumer, or Alyssa Milano, or one of the other, tweeted something like, "Why would you support Wendy's when um, something about like." Uh, they don't protect women who are getting raped in their fields or some crap like that. Um, I don't know what that has to do with chicken nuggets, <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I'm more shocked that Amy Schumer is uh, protesting food. <laughs> I mean, this must be a first. Oh, I'll say. Um, I, I'll tell you something. I think if you, if you were in your 30s, at some point. Everyone, I think everyone, like watched Who's the Boss. Had that's our age, and like, oh, listen, Milano, this and that. Um, what the fuck is she doing? I, I feel like every other month, I'm or every month, I should say, she's protesting something or complaining oh, yeah. about something. Like, I don't know the fuck this what the deal with this chick is. She, oh, she's probably I, to me, she's out of the limelight. So, what's the best way of doing it? Saying shit like this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense in the, the realm of... You, you take a stand against everything, and you want everyone to conform to you, but if someone else has a different opinion, you're, you know... you, you She wants everyone to sit there and follow what she thinks, but if you have an outside opinion, you're terrible, and it, it just... It boggles my mind. Yeah. I mean, I've said this... Uh, over and over on this show that these people just really they want you to be conformist but then also have your individual you know thought process mm-hmm. and 
they, they just talk against each other. They talk out of both sides of their mouths. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think she's, she's not doing anything besides tweet and shit, so I think she's just desperate for some kind of limelight attention, and it, it's, to me, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> it's, a, it's Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Uh, I think... I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Amy Schumer, because... She's a pig? Her, uh, <laughs> what is it, idiot uncle or cousin? He's just, just a trash bag, so... Who's her uncle again? Or cousin, or whoever he was? Chuck. Oh! Yeah, I think you've, you, you've yeah, told Chuck me Schumer. that before. He's... The, he's yeah, I know who he is. Okay, uh, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. Oh, she's a piece of shit. Yeah, she's yeah. a real piece of shit. I hated that. Um, she had like that Snickers. Was it Snickers? It was some kind of commercial. Or maybe it was AT. I forget what it was. But she was on that commercial with. Um, she was gonna be like a boxer. Do you know what I'm talking about? And she's, she's about big to, as a punch. Yeah, back, she so. she's just an asshole. I don't think she's funny whatsoever. I, and I don't no. get it. I don't. I really don't get it. To me, she's like the new Chelsea Handler. Remember, like several years ago, Chelsea Handler was like the it comedian, and yeah. now she's kind of like everyone's fawning over this uh, gigantic cow of a woman. But uh, yeah. well, her her shtick is, you know, <coughs> she 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 fights for you know rights and this and that, but then she's gonna sit there and say she's like a you know a huge whore and this and that. It's yeah. just it's not like again. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You want to sit there and have women's rights and this and that, but you're talking about, like, blowing five guys in a bar while you got, like, an onion ring stuck up your ass. Well, I, I don't want to hear her. It's woman empowerment, Tom, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> fucking... Just, just a dope. She really is. I, I can't, really cannot stand that woman. No. Uh, I know another woman that's a dope. And who's that? This is actually, I'm assuming this has had to have made national news because it's been everywhere locally for us. Yeah. And it was with, like, you know, we're pretty close to New York City, and I think it's been in a few of their papers, which means that it's probably been spread across <laughs> everywhere. Right. But this uh, human piece of shit, uh, Tanya Faye, I believe I'm saying it right. Who gives a shit what her name is? her last name. Yeah, fuck her. Yeah. Um, she got arrested, thank God, but... Apparently, what she did was she took a ten-week-old puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like a lab mix or something. It was like yeah, it was like a, a lab, yeah. Yeah, she put it in a cage and then drowned it in in like a, was it a river or a pond? Well, or it happened. It was locally for us. It happened in West Milford, which is right over the border from Warwick. Yeah, we're, uh, we're like ten feet away from this. Really, I read about this last Thursday, and I unfortunately seen the pictures and it kind of killed my day um and they just yeah. caught her a couple days ago here um she put a puppy in this like little cage thing and she used the vase they found a vase and a paper bag in the cage and they think the vase was used to kind of weigh <sighs> yeah this is just <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm st- i don't know it, it just it, it disgusts me and i i hope this woman fucking drowns and Dies a slow, horrible death soon. Well, you know what? I mean, th- this puppy drowned. What they ought to do is just waterboard her life. That's what I'm saying. Every day. Uh, honestly, I think whatever you do to the, someone, like that's your punishment for the crime. You you have to suffer what they suffered. No, no, no. I don't think that. No, I, I do. Waterboarder. Oh, uh, that too. But uh, you know, like we 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 talk about our. Um, you know, you. I obviously am more of an animal advocate than you are, but. <laughs> Well, I, I, not, I, not, a, not, a, not a defenseless puppy. 
No, that's I, I know. I'm 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 kind of kidding when I say that. Uh, but yeah. it's just a disgusting, awful thing that they that this woman did, and I just I can't I can't imagine someone doing that. It's just really it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, you, even at night, like, you have a, a, a newborn, like, your parents have a, a, a puppy. Well, they actually have, well, he's he's two now, and he's actually a lab, a gold, yeah. uh, a yellow lab, just like the puppy that that yeah. died, unfortunately. And I'm sure, like, when they were, uh, you know, when they first got the dog, you know, it, like, yelps, you know, like, like how, like, puppies do, like, when no one's around, like, they're scared. Yeah. Like, how do you do this to, like, a small animal, like, just to I drown know. them like that? Like, uh, the thing had to have been yelping and just, you know, in total fear. And yeah. It, it just, it's disgusting. This woman should be taken into the middle of the, the fucking town where she's being... Um, Stoned? Prosecuted against and just fucking beaten up. I and, like, agree. We need to bring back, like, tar and feathering. We need to... For people like this, for fucking just absolute pieces of shit, they... There needs to be more stringent fucking punishment. I agree. I think I think if you if you kill a human, I think you like. I think you should. The same thing should happen if you kill an animal in that in that way. Like, uh, just uh, it, it's hard to talk about because I just I get so it upsets me. It really upsets me. But don't worry. I mean, if she goes to jail, Biden and Kamala Harris are good with. Uh, or excuse me, Bernie and Kamala Harris are good with her voting. Right. Well, it's unbelievable. Uh, hopefully, she won't know, be voting anywhere. Which she does. I think that the punishment isn't isn't uh, you know isn't suitable. Yeah. Just uh, what a piece of fucking human shit. Agreed. But she could technically, well, not really for this crime, but she could be cellmates with someone. Uh, I believe you're talking about Michael Cohen, right? Oh, that is correct. You know, up and in Otisville. Again, this 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 kind of hits home for us. Yeah. He is, uh, he's going to be our neighbor. <laughs> Along with the situation. <laughs> they might yeah, be cellmates. Off and, uh, there's someone else up there. There's like four right now. They're, well, yeah, now Michael Cohen is up there right now. Yeah. There are four famous people in this uh, prison. Michael Cohen, the situation. Who's up there again? Who else is up there? Uh, Bernie Madoff. Madoff's up there too? Yep. Is this like a, is this like a uh, prison for celebrities? I didn't know. I honestly didn't know there was an Otisville um, penitentiary two. until... Oh, there's two in Otisville? Yeah, I believe there's two up there. Otisville, I, I could spit as far as Otisville is, is <laughs> oh, yeah. a square yeah. feet of it. But yeah, they, um, they go and see and see. They consider it like a country club. It's, it's, for the, it's, it's like minimum security. It's kind of like the way that the uh, Warwick prison was by us. Yes. Hey, by the way, not, not to get off subject, do you know that's turning into a pot plant now? Yeah, yep. I didn't know. I just found out about that. That's that's some shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it's crazy. All these all these people are coming to Otisville. I have a former boss of mine who uh, who resides up there, or he did. I don't know if he's still there or not. But, uh, oh really? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. He's Skeeter. <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's he he he's not in prison. No, he's not in prison. No, he's not. He uh, frequented the bar up there called C and C's, or I think that's where it's called. I don't know if that bar is even still around, but yeah, he's another story for another day. But oh yeah, all right, Skippy. Hey, Irani. Hey. You ever have a quarter's late? Hey, how do you spell cat? 
<laughs> oh god. Well, we we've been talking about a lot of depressing stuff right now, and um, I think we should get onto a happier note. I agree. I'm a little upset over that puppy thing, so let's 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 yeah. make fun of people. This, this will cheer you up. This okay. will cheer you up. I'm ready. Um, I'm very excited about this. Oh, Not oh. because you know they had a, a boy, they named it Alfie, anything like that. They didn't name now it I Alfie. Can officially, say <laughs> Meghan Markle is a milf. Well, first off, his name is not Alfie; it's or, Archie. Or Archie, yeah, it's Archie. <laughs> but yes, Meghan Markle is uh, <sighs> no longer a child. No, she Getting has a child. Non uh, heavy chub or uh, you know birth weight. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm extremely excited about this. Why? Eye candy. I, I, <laughs> Meghan Markle is up at the top. That's what the, you're uh, excited about? You're not excited about the fact that she had a baby? Hmm? You're not excited about the fact that she had a baby? Just that she's now a MILF and that's, that's, she ranks higher now for you? That helps. But then again, like I said, she's not, she's not pregnant right now. You know, now she's going to slim back down and, and get to her. I got news here. She already looks slimmed down. I don't think she even had that baby. <laughs> I think she, yeah. I think it's just kind of. She was wearing like a pillow under her dress for the last nine months, and then adopted it somebody. Seem like it was nine months because we—I remember we talked about this, and we did. It seemed like that was like last week that you know, oh, she was she found out she was pregnant. I felt like it was last week when it was the fucking wedding. Yeah, that's how the time moves fast, man. Yes. Um, but but I'm, I'm happy about that. I—they sh- showed on the news like the lineage of like <laughs> where this kid ranks in in the order. Of like uh, you know the prince and king and stuff like that. Seventh to the throne. Yeah, he ain't ever getting it. <laughs> no. <laughs> not in a sl- just like his just like his his uh, his pa, he he is not gonna he's not gonna come anywhere near that throne. No, but you know what? It's it's kind of like the the best of both worlds. Right. Like you get to live a posh lifestyle and be you a have fuck everything up. Everything that you, you probably can want, mm-hmm. but you don't really have any of the. You know, the, the head that wears the crown, if you will. Yeah. He, he could fuck uh, around and have to worry about the consequences, so to speak. Yeah. What's his dad's and name, the Harry? The thing about this kid is, remember, his dad was kind of a wild child. So, yeah. like, he can kind of let loose a little bit and just be like, hey, my dad did it. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, look, and he turned out all right. definitely got that going for him. They're definitely the, the black sheep of that whole royal family. Like, they... I forget how... Everyone else introduced their baby in a different way to the world. Like Princess Diana introduced, uh, what was the first kid's name? Charles. Or no, uh, Charles William. was William. Like I forget how they did it. They did it in like a spectacular way, and these two just like, oh, here he is, and that's it. <laughs> it was it was just like a weird but way that, they did it. But in a way, I kind of like that because it's almost like it's not pomp and circumstance. It's I agree. Yeah. More subdued. Maybe a little, you know, maybe a little more American. Yeah, well, she is, so. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that. Yeah. But. Um, you know, we're talking about the throne. Another throne. Yes. That airs every Sunday night for the time being. Uh, had a little bit of controversy this week. Because uh, they accidentally left a Starbucks cup on the set of Game of Thrones during the whole... Uh, scene where everyone's drinking, having a good time, and in front of uh, 
the nearest there is a Starbucks cup front and center. <laughs> and I, I can't believe how much people went apeshit over this. It just... Really went bad. Really did. Like, I couldn't go anywhere, and it's like, oh, there's a Starbucks cup. And to me, it's like, you know, who gives a shit? Every TV show, every movie has that goof. There's always a goof. Oh, yeah. I mean, big I deal. I watching Ghostbusters. When she opened the refrigerator, when, or it might have been Bill Murray opened the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and, like, the Coke's facing one way, then the Coke isn't there the next Yes. Scene, and then the Coke's facing a di- Who cares? Yeah. Or someone's hair is this way in one scene, and another scene it's not. This shit yeah. happens. I mean, especially in a scene, like, that they had for the cup, like, there was a lot going on. So I guess it was easy to miss a small thing like that. But the funny thing is, I didn't even notice it. No. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, like, you know, there's always that one nerd who just spots every fucking little thing wrong, and he put up, and it just spread like wildfire. Oh, absolutely. Oh. See, I actually enjoy seeing stuff like that. Do you? I, uh, it's pretty much everything with stuff like, if I find something that's inconsistent, I'll always mm-hmm. point it out. Um, I like fact-checking. I do I that, like too, someone- yeah. If someone's like, oh, something happened, uh, you know, you know, a news story from 10 years ago and it was really only seven, I always like to, like, debunk stuff. So I kind of enjoyed this. <laughs> I, I actually liked it. I liked this episode wow. because of that. Nice. So you are still watching? Yes. Very good. I got to watch for my big ginge friend. Well, he's done. <laughs> you there still? You broke up right there. What was that? Oh, I thought maybe, thought maybe you died. Uh, no, he um, he said goodbye. So I think he's. I don't think he's coming back. Unless he comes back in the last episode, he's not going to be the next one. I don't think. You know what I see him doing? What's that? He is going to Han Solo it. Ah, you think he's going to come in like the last second to save the day? Save the day. That would be some shit. I'd. I'd, I'd and then he's going to bang the. the Big, big woman. You know what? That pissed me off. Why what? didn't she go to... She she banged uh, Jamie Lannister. Oh, yeah. The good-looking fucking blonde hair, whatever color eye he is. This poor bastard was yeah, chasing hey, you hey, for hey, years. Hey, he <laughs> <laughs> no, he, no, well, maybe with his metal hand. <laughs> <laughs> but poor Tormund, Tormund she broke his yeah. heart. I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to be back better than ever. I hope so. I'd like to see him one more time. Just yes. want—I just want to see him one more time. He—he he made that show the last couple of seasons. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, another entertainment news: um, Avengers Endgame. Have you seen it yet? Nope. Okay. <laughs> that. <laughs> Holding strong. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it has surpassed Titanic. As the number two um, box o- box office moneymaker, I guess you could say, um, which means it's only a matter of time before it passes um, Avatar, another James Cameron movie. But my question is, like, how reliable are these? I mean, I know it made a shit ton of money. Don't get me wrong, but you're talking about a movie that happened 22 years ago. Money was obviously. Money is obviously more. It's more. It's worth more now than it was then, and I know they inflate it and all that kind of shit. But to me, 
and I point I brought this point up in our group chat. Titanic in nineteen ninety seven played in one theater in one yeah, in one theater per movie theater, you know? Like it's in theater seven, it was only playing in theater seven. It wasn't playing in three, seven, eight, and nine. Whereas Avengers, like when I went to go see it, it was playing in four different theaters. You have IMAX, you have Dolby, you have the three D theater, you have the two D theater. It's playing in like five or six different theaters per movie theater. And that's the other thing, you know, like a ticket for IMAX is t- different than a ticket for a matinee. Right. Are these things considered? I you know I don't I don't know I I mean I would I, I guess they are but um like I I remember IMAX when back then in '97 like you only saw like nature documentaries on IMAX or yeah and they were like maybe like specials like once every few months you'd go see the IMAX to see like March of the Penguins or some crap like that but now it's like pretty much any big movie gets an IMAX release like I'm going to see Godzilla in a couple weeks in IMAX, and then there's a theater that's playing it in 3D, and there's another theater that's playing it in 2D, so any big release now gets multiple releases in the theater. Uh, So I I think, and I I love the Avengers, don't get me wrong, I feel like it kind of cheated a little bit, because it's making more, there's more ways for it to make money, as opposed to back in 97, when, you know, Titanic just pretty much did it with one theater per theater. They're two totally different movies on two totally different spectrums. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I see like little old ladies going to see Titanic at eleven in the morning, as opposed to you know kids who are eighteen to twenty-five going to see it at midnight. Right. Oh yeah. But don't get and me. You're gonna get the difference in price there. Yeah, it's that's definitely... that's true too. But don't get me wrong. Yeah, Titanic but... was massive. Like it was think Titanic. Of, yeah, yeah, so to speak. I mean, who didn't see Titanic in a, in a movie theater during that? I remember it last. It was number one at the box office from December all the way until April. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what the movie was that dethroned it at the box office finally? Not a clue. I'll give you a hint. We actually saw it in theaters that weekend. This was 22 years this ago? This was in 19... It lasted from December of 97 to April of 1998. Okay, so April of 1998. Yes. Movies that were out then? You're not going to no even... It, it, I mean, I guess Zero it was kind of big budget. It was the Lost in Space movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and me and you saw it that opening weekend. And remember that Monday, it said it finally... It, they, it toppled Titanic at the at, as number one. It has never been heard from again. Nope. <laughs> Honestly, I think that was the only time I've ever seen that movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so it's only a matter of time before it topples Avatar also, and then we'll talk about this again. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, but uh, sticking with the Avengers, I also read, um, I think it was yesterday, that they were talking about, like, uh, there's a part in, it's not giving away any spoilers, but there's a part in Avengers where um, Captain America is, like, holding this kind of, like, a, a grief counseling session kind of thing. And of course what, he does. They, they were in a safe space? <laughs> well, yeah. They don't I, have coloring books. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't see any. But one, serving hot chocolate. 
I don't know, Tom. But they were uh, they were talking about like lost loved ones and blah blah. blah. And this one guy was like, "Oh, my husband. Uh, you know, he. I, I guess if you ever, you know, the snap and he, I guess his husband disappeared or some shit. Anyway, so they were talking about, like, oh, it's the first time that a, a gay character has been in like an MCU, a Marvel, a Marvel movie. Um, and they kind of hinted at the fact, like, oh, you're going to see more coming down the line, and you've already seen one already. So they're pretty much alluding to the fact that there is going to be a character that you've seen already that is going to come out as gay. Okay. Okay. So let me get this straight now. Right. I'm sorry if I confuse they're anyone. saying that in the past movies, we've had a gay character. Right. And until right now, he's finally been outed. He hasn't been, or he or she has not been outed yet, but I guess at some point it will be revealed, or I don't know. But again, if it's been in the past, why are we making a big deal of this? Who cares? I agree, and this is, I, I feel like it's they... Like they're almost like have to like just inject it in the end. Yes. I feel like it's forced. I have a feeling I know who it is. Um, I... I I'll, this I can I'll say this. It's not really a spoiler. I think it's gonna be Captain Marvel. I think she's gonna be the one to come out as as like a lesbian, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But again, like I like what you said. I feel like they just kind of crowbar this shit in there, just just to do it, just to say, oh well, we have a gay superhero now that everyone can relate to, and it, it's too. They're become they're starting to become too diverse. Just to be diverse, I feel like. Okay, they're gay, they're lesbian, whatever. Who cares? Like, again, you have to just sit there and shoehorn it in. No right. one would have cared, you know. And I'm sure if they just did it instead of being where it was uh, like a subtle introduction, mm-hmm. it, that would have been a big issue. To, like, just it is what it is. Who cares? Yeah. There are gay people. There are straight people. Why do like we have to sit there and be like? Oh, here you know, like we gotta thrust it out there and say this. Yeah. Who cares that uh, you know, Tony Stark was out there probably banging every chick out there that he could because he was a playboy. Mm-hmm. And like, no one's saying that. You know, right. Why right. don't we have the times that he had to go to the fucking clinic to go get a fucking penicillin shot? Like, <laughs> why do we just have to fucking just drive it in there that this is what it is? Mm-hmm. Right. It, right. It, no, I, I agree with you. This is the reason why I don't want to go see the movie. This is like the reason why. Because it's just like, you, you can't just let well enough be. All right, he's gay. Or she's gay. Who yeah. cares? Right. I know. I, I feel like they, they should, I mean, at least, I don't even know where to go with this. Uh, it's just, it's just interjecting. Like, I I, I think I, we've talked about this on, the, on here before. Those CW superhero shows, I feel like they, Supergirl. Supergirl is a prime example of this. The sister was... The Supergirl's sister was just... You know, her sister. And then in, like, season two... All of a sudden, now she's gay. There was no oh, mention yeah. of this before whatsoever. But now she's gay. Do you really need to, like, put... Uh, I mean, make another character and make her gay. Like, stop, like, changing shit. Just to fucking change it. And, and, and have these people in there. Well, it's the same thing with... Uh, I, I love Legends of Tomorrow. But, like, you know, you go with fucking what's his name? Uh, White, White Canary? Canary? Yeah. And 
She was banging fucking Oliver Queen. For years. Now all of a sudden, she's <laughs> like, you know, we have to stop the show because she's, you know, banging the chick that's the, you know, in the office there wearing the suit. Right. It's like, what? you know. Okay, so she's that way. She dabbles in the lady pond. Big deal. Right. But it's like, they, like, it, like, I think I'm like four episodes behind maybe. And like the last episode, it was just like constant on. It was like they like they couldn't ram it down your throat far enough. I, I know the episode you're talking about. I I love that show, but since it's come back from that winter break kind of thing, I've hated it. Yeah, it's it's not been good this I've season. hated it. Like that Chinese girl annoys the fucking piss out of me. And you're right, I feel like they ram a lot of shit down your throat. And it's to me, and it, it, it's just it's too much. It's too, and I have no problem with gay, trans, whatever the fuck you want to be. I don't give a shit. But when you're taking a character and you think like, well, let's spice her up a little bit. Oh, what should we do? Oh, you know, what? let's just make her gay. Yeah. Why? Well, like, what's this, Ellen, what's the reason this behind Ellen it? From you know the mid nineties. No. You know, it was like the first kiss. Ever. Right. Like it's commonplace now. Yeah. But I feel like they do it. Start off if you want to make this character gay, start her off as gay or start him off as gay. Don't fucking change it halfway through the show because ratings are down and you want to spice things up or like or gay people aren't finding anyone they can relate to in the show just to do it. Create a new character. I say this all the time. Like stop fucking changing these characters just to kind of be diverse. Like it, it it's it's dumb. Oh, you're hundred percent right. And speaking of dumb, <laughs> bum, bum, dumbass of the week. Yes. Dumbass. And this one is uh, it's 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 sad, but it's stupid at the same time. Our dumbass of our dumbass of this week. This one, she comes from the land down under, Tom. Oh yes. Yeah, from the land down under. We're uh, yeah, the safety dance. we're yeah with the safety dance and men at work and all that other crap yes. and crocodile Dundee. Uh, Shania McNeil, she was 21 years old, I say was, because uh, she Snapchatted, or her friend was Snapchatting, or some dumb shit, while she was playing chicken. Yes. She was driving a car, and she was playing chicken with other cars. And they crashed, and she died. <laughs> and I call her a dumbass because... It wasn't so much of the fact that she was Snapchatting, which was dumb in itself. Yes. The other dumb thing is that she had two friends of hers in the car, and she was playing chicken, and she hit a, another car. Some These two innocent guys who were just driving home, it was at yeah. 1.15 in the morning, she put four other people's lives in danger because she's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And oh, she... It's, 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 like... The, I work late sometimes, and I drive home at night, and I, like, think about that. I'm like, there are just dumb people out there that just have no wherewithal to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And at any moment, like, they could just say, fuck it, and do something stupid, and now I'm I'm the innocent bystander. Right. You could be the safest driver in the world, but because some fuck is fucking around and toying with their, with toying with their life, yeah. you could be, you could be one of the consequences. 2,000-pound vehicle. It's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. It really is. And she Snapchatted, and I, I, I kind of seen the Snapchat, and it looked like, I couldn't tell if her friend was Snapchatting or if, like, 
the girl was just holding the phone out while she was like driving but you could see like the headlights coming and like she's like laughing and she's drinking something from a tin which is probably alcohol cause she's a fucker and all of a sudden it just That's cuts out Fosters. it might have been <laughs> but still you just put you, you put two of your friends lives in danger you put another person's life in danger who had who didn't even know you luckily yeah. like they're all okay like some they went to the hospital and they were in critical critical condition but because you're being a fucktard I mean, you could have killed four people. Yeah. It's unbelievable. These stupid kids. To me, the only time that chicken is acceptable is if you're on a farm tractor and you're not allowed to dance in the town. <laughs> yeah, that's... You're right, that's the only time it is acceptable. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right. I don't even know what to, <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> hey, I tried to come up with someone witty, but I couldn't think of it. What was that? I speak it the truth. You do. Well, all right. This has been uh, again. Look, we're sorry we had to do this over Skype, but uh, it's yes. been a busy week. We'll be back live next week. Yes, we will. Tom is Tom is also moving soon. Yes. The the bull uh, the bullpen will have to be. Uh... Redone, and we'll, yes. be, we'll be back better than ever. Yeah, we will. Are we going to take a hiatus? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, there you go. See, Tom, even even when he's moving, Tom sticks through it. That's right. All right. We did it a little bit later than normal tonight, but I, I had a little bit of issues with uh, repairing something. No, tonight, it's okay. So. It's Friday night, so it, it's it's all good. Um, yes. So you could follow us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC, Instagram, Bull Ring PC. Follow Jim Shockey on Instagram, Jim Shockey Official, and uh, tell him you found you found him from our show. He'll, I'm sure he'll get a nice kick out of that. Yes. All right. Yes, make sure you you follow him. It's very interesting. Um, and just like I said, a all around great guy. So you you heard the interview. Follow the guy. You know, watch him on TV mm-hmm. and enjoy him. Yes. All right. Well, uh, from me and. Me. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.